Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Rettiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. I'd like to welcome to the podcast Richard Cohn, who has made a career out of, um, how do I say this, being God. He creates environments on the, on the grounds of wealthy residents of the Hamptons that include things like waterfalls and ponds and little bridges. He has quite a story to tell about them. Tell me how you got interested in doing this kind of work originally. You've been doing it for, what, 25 or 30 years now? 35 years. I've been partners with my, my partner. It started with my partner, Jim Cutts, who was doing landscaping on the Jersey Shore in Asbury Park and got interested in building ponds. And he built a small pond in his backyard that was amazing. And uh, we became friends and I moved out here and uh, he started to come visit. And uh, I needed something to retain a hill behind the house that I built. And we decided to try and build a waterfall. That's how it started. Um, Let me ask you, you say you built a house. What was your education? What did you study? And what sports? What did you go to school? I know you're from New Jersey because we're talking about we lived near one another when we were young, but we didn't know each other. Well, I I wasn't a a great student. I was uh, glad to get out of high school and uh, couldn't wait to uh, travel. I was very interested in seeing the world. So, where did you go? I went. my first trip, I flew to Greece and basically hitchhiked to India. It took me three months to get to India, and I lived in India for about eight months. That must. Have that been. was my first. That was my first adventure. That must have been quite an adventure. It was. I, I was lucky to survive it. Lucky to be alive. Why is that? Well, it was. This was uh, forty-five years ago. It was kind of dangerous to cross through Afghanistan. This was way before the Russians were there or we were there. And it was the Wild West. Everybody had a gun. Everybody had a knife. So it was fun. And I was young enough to be invincible. But when I look back on it, it was pretty dangerous. Were you glad to get home then? I was glad, <laughs> eventually. When I got home, I was uh, 40 pounds lighter than I was when I left. What kind of work did you do before you met your partner and built a pond? Well, my family had a, a business in uh, Newark, New Jersey. And it was a paper business. We sold fine paper to printers. My grandfather had started it. That's where everybody thought I was going to end up. But uh, I didn't want to spend my life in Newark, New Jersey. So it was, it was difficult until I pulled away from the family. Well, let's get to what your first job out here was. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. My first job was, I didn't know what to do when I got out here. And 
got a job at Bayberry as a laborer in Amagansett. And uh, Jim and I were talking, my partner were talking about building ponds. And after a few months working at Bayberry, I finally talked the owner, Dave Sealer, into letting us build a pond in front of Bayberry. And it's still there. That's the first pond we ever built and got paid for. That was, I think, an old pond. Is that right on the highway? Or, or it's right on the highway. Yeah, it's a little, little tiny rock pond. And, and we built it with so much cement, it'll probably be there forever. So then you were in business. Well, then I had to find a way to sell ponds. That's all we were talking about at that time was just building ponds. So I started to go to different landscapers and I, I you know, run some ads in the papers and slowly very slowly, we started to get work, and Jim would come out from uh, Asbury Park and stay with me, and we'd build a pond, and then he would go home. But over time, over time, it, 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 he was spending six months a year at my house, and I finally said, you know, sell your house in Asbury Park and move out here, which he eventually did because the business kind of took off. What were some of the larger jobs that came along? One of the first big ones was building a waterfall for Warner Leroy, who was my neighbor. Um, we built a 35-foot drop waterfall on his property. He had a three-acre pond, wow. and that was uh, probably one of the first really good ones. What? Uh, how did you get up 35 feet? Well, Warner had uh, had a two-acre pond, and then he decided to add another acre to it, so. He dug out an acre and made a huge pile of dirt. And uh, that's where we built the waterfall was into that pile of dirt. It's still there. I don't know if it's running. New owners are there, so I don't know them. I but went, it's still I went, still there. When he was having a party there, I went there and uh, went out back and I was like amazed. How big is the property he owns there? It's Amagansett. Well, I, I think at one time he owned from Stony Hill Road to, to Old Stone Highway, he owned probably 60 acres. I met him in the woods one day. I was, uh, I don't think we had started building. We bought two acres and I was walking on the property and there was a guy in the woods who was walking around with a piece of paper. And I walked up to him and said, hello. And he said, I guess I'm going to be your neighbor. And we talked for a while, and then he wrote on a piece of paper his name and a phone number, and I, I didn't pay much attention to it. And when I got it in the house, I looked at it, and I thought it said Henry La Paz, but it was Warner Leroy. I couldn't read his writing, and I had no idea who Warner Leroy was <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I found out, though. He was a, a really good neighbor. We had a lot of fun with him. How did it happen that you... Came to talk to him about enlarging the uh, pond and doing the waterfall. Well, we didn't enlarge the pond. We just built the waterfall. Well, he knew what I was doing over time. We we saw each other. He invited us over to his parties were spectacular and we could hear the bands and the music. And he always invited us to the party. So we would just walk through the woods and, you know, ending up sitting at a table with with. Uh, really well-known people. We were like fish out of water there, but he made us feel comfortable. How long did it take to uh, complete the job? I would say that probably 
could have taken three or four weeks. We had cranes there. We uh, we had huge boulders in it. We were buying the boulders locally, uh, the local indigenous rock. And, uh, you know, it was a, a real challenge because we had never done anything quite like that before. Where do you find boulders? That were, these are large, enormous, probably one-ton boulders. Oh, some of them were probably three or four tons. We we would go over to Bistrian's on Springs Fireplace, and they had a they have a large gravel pit there. And for years and years, they were digging up boulders and putting them on the side, and uh, it was amazing. I mean, the, they were beautiful, and we had choice, and we just kept trucking them over and setting them with a crane and a backhoe. It was a lot of work. It was just, and it's just Jim and I. We have no crew. We're a two-man operation. We do everything alone. So it wasn't easy. Did you study where this, what kind of work had been done before to make sure you did it in a way that would last a long time? Well, it, it was, our work was basically trial by error, but we discovered Japanese garden books uh, very early in this and were inspired by those books. And uh, we do a lot of work that looks like that now. We carve water basins and build beautiful stone benches. We do, you know, we try. Where um, do you get all of the boulders from here, or do they some for some jobs come from far away? No, we don't buy very much here. We've used up most of the boulders at Bistri, and we we have amazing sources of natural rock that we've cultivated over thirty five years. We have friends out in Northwest Jersey who roam all over the Northeast looking for uh, material, natural pieces of stone, and uh, they give us first choice. So when they get something amazing or interesting, uh, they let us know right away. So, I mean, they, they sell to everybody in the Northeast. They're a huge operation, but We've worked at, at the owner's house, so and in the stone yard, we built a pond and waterfall. So they're, they're dear friends. Is there a particular kind of stone that you like? Well, mostly we get granite boulders. When we use boulders, we uh, we get access to private properties, and uh, we go in into these large boulder fields, and uh, we get choice. We pick what we want, and they transport it out here. We can move 22 tons at a time. That's legal. So that could be two rocks, one rock, or a load of rocks, depending upon the scale uh, that we're working in. They have trucks that can handle 22 tons? Tractor trailers. Then we need a machine out here to get them off. So they're loaded by machine, strapped on or chained onto the tractor trailer, and then we need a machine to get them off here. Do you have such a machine or do you rent it or where do you keep it? No, we don't own any machines. It depends on, um, on what we're doing. Sometimes we work by hand. Sometimes we work with a bobcat, sometimes with a backhoe, sometimes with a, a bigger machine that can lift up a couple of ton rock or we'll, we'll use a crane. It depends on what we're doing. It, did, it didn't make sense for us to buy a machine because everything we do is different. I'll describe them an interesting project. You don't have to name names, but just uh, where you're most really proud of what you accomplished and what it looks like. We were in a magazine years ago, Garden Design, and landscape architect in Philadelphia saw it. 
and uh, was looking at a project for Merrill Lynch's corporate headquarters in Hopewell, New Jersey, near Princeton. They were building a a new corporate headquarters, and in the middle of uh, the buildings was uh, an upper pond and a lower pond, and in between the two ponds was a 200-foot water course done out of stone. And they saw us and they invited us. It was a, a large firm. There were a lot of landscape architects. They invited us to Philadelphia. We didn't know who they were. And uh, we talked to them and looked at the plans. And they asked us if we could handle something like that. And we said, no problem. <laughs> and we ended up negotiating for a while and got the job. What did you wind up doing in water course? We used... Uh, uh, you know, probably 500 tons of rock that was set by a backhoe. We dug it out, shaped it. They let us, they gave us a free hand uh, as far as putting it together. There was nobody standing over us and uh, it was very successful. Everybody loves it. It's still sitting there. I don't know if Merrill Lynch is there anymore, but it's a, a beautiful office park. I went there a couple of years ago to see, because uh, I had never seen the water running because the system wasn't running, and uh, I walked onto the property, and I couldn't believe how beautiful it looked. It looked like it'd been there forever. How long is it? How how? What's the distance? It's over over two, over two hundred feet. And there's waterfalls and stuff. There's like four waterfalls in it. Yeah. yeah. And it's dressed with rock. It was a real interesting job because the Teamsters were there building. Uh, maybe a dozen large office buildings around us and there were cranes all around us and there were, I think there were a thousand workers there and the Teamsters didn't want us there at first but some negotiations went on because we weren't union and uh, they ended up telling us that we the machine operator had to be union and we had to have one helper so we agreed and we got the job. Any particular job you've done out here in Eastern Long Island that you're proud of? Well, we've done a lot of ponds here, um, and a lot of uh, a lot of stone benches and boulder groupings and patios and barbecues. But everything we do is a little bit different from what you would imagine. We try and be creative and you know do something that that, that you know people are proud of. We built a lot of walls. We just finished a hundred and seventy foot wall and water mill that Jim and I built. There was over 70 tons of material of rock uh, that we manipulated and uh, by hand, the two of us. It took us five weeks to build that wall. Oh, so I like that one because we just did it. I see. What are some of the elements that go in besides waterfall and pond? Um, we, we like to do a Japanese flavor. You know, we, we like to do, but we don't build plain ponds. We build decorative ponds. We always do boulder groupings and a waterfall to aerate it and uh, maybe some way to access out onto the water so you can you can get out on the water a little bit, a, bo- a couple boulders, or a, we've built stone bridges over ponds. You know, it depends. We talk we talk to the clients and we try and get an idea what they want and and then we try and execute it. We've been lucky. We've been we've been very lucky with the, the, the right kind of people seem to find us. It's an extraordinary kind of work that you're doing. Have you done anything that you would describe as very unusual, something that you wouldn't expect that a firm like you would do? Well, we built a, 
We built a, uh, a barbecue. We rented a building in East Hampton and we built it in pieces over a winter so we could put it together. And it had a stone table. The tabletop was uh, an eight foot circle. It was a natural cleft piece of blue stone. It took us three or four months to find a piece that we could get an eight foot circle out of. And we built five benches, three people on a bench. The table sat 15 people. And next to it was this very elaborate barbecue. We dressed the whole thing with boulders. It took us probably three months to build the whole thing. And we put it onto the property and together uh, in one day. Took it over on tractor trailer, had machines there, and everything went right together. And the interesting part of this story is we did this maybe 15 or 20 years ago. And three or four years ago, I was driving by the property and there was a new owner and they were gutting the house. The people we work for, the man had passed away. And I knew the builder, so I walked in and I said, what's going on with the barbecue? And he said, I think you can have it because the new owner wants to strip the property and start over again. So the barbecue that took us three months and it's fabulous is now sitting on my driveway in pieces. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> so I got, I got it back. I see. Anything else on your property that uh, you didn't expect? There's a lot on my property. I collect rocks and there's a lot of interesting pieces and I have a, beautiful waterfall in my backyard that I did myself took me probably two and a half years to build it and uh, that's the second incarnation of that waterfall the first one you know wasn't that good and we've learned a lot over the years so I wanted to change it and I have a arched window in my kitchen so you look through the window and there's a waterfall into a pond right there it's not a big pond but it's a beautiful waterfall and stone wall with a couple of stone benches built into it and all kinds of stuff. Close it off in the winter or turn it off when it was freezing? Or no, no, we bubble, bubble the water and uh, I have a floating heater on it. You don't want it to freeze solid because there's some uh, koi in there, some 20-year-old koi, 25-year-old koi, so... The koi coming when you call them is clap your hands. No, I don't want them to be too friendly because raccoons get in the backyard and it's a small pond. They might be able to, normally they can't grab a fish because the fish know they're there. But if there's, if there's a problem with the fish, if they're sick. So I, I just throw the food in. I spread the food out and they gobble it. They have <laughs> insatiable appetites. How big are they? Well, the pond isn't big, so they can only get to a certain size. If the pond was bigger, they would probably be twice as big. But they're probably 12, 13, 14 inches long. There's like five of them in there, plus a bunch of goldfish. Fish. Yeah, they're great, great fish. Warner, had, uh, Warner, when he built his pond, stocked his pond with uh, koi. And last time I looked, I mean, these, these koi were over probably 30, 35 years old, they were huge, huge, slow-moving koi. And they had gotten, so when he first built the pond and I used to go over there, Osprey would go after the fish, but the fish got so big that they seemed to be invincible. A couple feet, probably. Oh, like striped bass. 
Yeah, they weren't even, uh, they they didn't swim away from you. They just kind of lounged in the water, move around slowly. They were, they were huge. I would love to see if those koi are still there. But I, you know, I don't, I don't know the owner. How would people reach you at Rockwater? Just give me a phone number. I'll tell everybody. Well, they can call Rock, Rockwater in Amagansett um, and just leave it. We always take a message. We hardly are ever here to answer that phone. So if they just call, if they just call a local 631-267-3320 and leave a message, I'll get back to everybody. Yeah, I once visited a movie set where Elvis Presley made a movie out in Hawaii. It was in Kauai. And they Uh had an outdoor cafe with a little stone bridge that went over a pond. And if you stood on top of the bridge and held out your hand, all the koi would underwater below you would swim over where you to see what you were gonna drop. It's funny, I had I had that experience in uh in Hawaii also. I walked through a hotel and there were koi in a pond in in the hotel. And the koi were so used to people that you you walk up to them and they would come right up to the surface <laughs> expecting you to feed them, I guess. If somebody wants to look at our work, they can go to Rockwater ltd.com. That's our website. Thank you, Richard, for stopping by. Richard is co-owner of a company that creates natural gardens, waterfalls, ponds in on the states in the Hamptons, builds giant walls, sometimes it's using as much as 30 tons of rock. And uh, it's been a very interesting time with you. So thanks again. Stay safe. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. <laughs>